Hello and welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. My name's Charlotte, your host, and I'm here today with two people from Princeton University Press, Eleanor Smith and Rebecca Bengochia. Welcome. So you guys both work in rights at Princeton University Press. Rebecca, do you want to tell us a bit like what a day in the life of a rights person at Princeton University Press looks like? Sure, yeah. So, um, well, it's it's really difficult really to say what a typical day would look like. Um, I think that very much depends on the time of year in, in uh, in a lot of cases because um, our sort of yearly cycle it revolves around book fairs obviously um, so depending on where we are in the in the year we're going to be either preparing for a book fair in the middle of one or um, doing all the follow-up from a book fair um, but generally speaking um, as with many publishing jobs um, it's filled with emails and meetings um, but the, the variety of, of queries that we get coming in um, are always different um, and and as I said these extra sort of tasks that we're dealing with are, are all sort of linked with where we are in the book fair cycle um, so in the lead up to a book fair we're preparing um, uh, a rights guide uh, a sort of a catalogue of, of titles that we think would be particularly uh, appealing for translation um, that have international appeal. We obviously have the, the book fairs themselves, so we're, we're, we have meetings set up during those weeks. Um, and then following on from the book fair, we're following up with all of our, uh, our contacts, the agents and the editors that we've met with. After we've had our discussions with them about what they were interested in, we're then trying to provide as much material as we possibly can to them. So PDFs of the books, um, sales figures, publicity, um, and that sort of process is, is, uh, is repeated throughout the year um, as we get individual requests in from, from agents. Um, and outside of that, so we have the, the pitching process and then later we, we also, um, a part of that aftercare, after a deal is done, um, we are responsible for guiding the international publishers through their process. So we've signed the contract, um, have they got all of the production files that they need, um, liaising with the author um, to let them know about the, the translation that's in the works um, and then making sure that the, the author gets their, their copies of the finished edition, um, that the translation is, is uh, as high quality as possible. Um, so it's sort of, it's every day is a sort of mixture of looking ahead, pitching the books that we can, um, doing the, the negotiations and the deals um, in the moment and then following up on all of the aftercare and getting the books from um, the, the deal all the way through to a finished translated international copy, um, essentially. <laughs> and Eleanor, so your role, I guess, um, as a rights assistant is to support all of that. <laughs> yeah. What kind of stuff do you do day to day? Yeah. So I, I support um, Rebecca and also my colleague Emma um, with the administrative side of the rights process. So I sort of see it as any time there's a 
sort of bits of paper um, or documents that need to go in or out um, of the company, I am kind of responsible for that. Um, so from the very beginning, that can be, say, when our agents get in touch, they've got a book that they're interested in, I'll be the one that sends them the PDF that they can then send on to the publishers, or sometimes I send it to the publisher directly if we don't have an agent for that market. Um, then once Rebecca has agreed a deal, I will be drafting a deal memo to notify the author of all the key terms um, of that deal and that gets sent out. Um, and then when the contracts come in and Rebecca has approved the contract, I am starting to be responsible for uploading those to DocuSign and making sure those are circulated amongst all the parties um, and also raising the invoice um, to, get, to get the payment in as well. So. And obviously at each stage of that process, um, as with everything in publishing, record keeping is really important. So I'm recording um, every time we get a submission, every time we do a deal and the details of that deal, and then the dates of when we get the contracts in, when we get the translated editions in as well. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a mix on a day-to-day -day basis of all those different emails and paper documents um, sort of floating around and I try and have some kind of order or like apply some kind of order <laughs> to them um, and then as well as that when it comes to say when it comes to the book fair I'm also um, supporting Rebecca and Emma um, in the preparing for the book fair so I produce an appointments guide um, so once the appointments have been scheduled I put a guide together of all the public the publisher they're meeting or the agent, um, the deals that we've done with them previously, and little bio as well about the publisher, just so there's a little bit of context um, for, for the meeting and that can sort of help um, spark, spark the conversations and direct the conversation as well. So I, I should mention, so Princeton, we, we attend um, usually four, four book fairs a year. So that's um, Frankfurt Book Fair in October, um, Guadalajara Book Fair in is normally the end of November, beginning of December, which is the biggest Latin American, um, the biggest book fair for the Latin American markets, uh, Spanish speaking markets um, in Mexico. Uh, London Book Fair, obviously, in uh, March time, sometimes April. Um, and then we would have Beijing Book Fair in August in a, a usual year. So, obviously, this year notwithstanding. Um, and so, our sort of cycle revolves around those four book fairs. Um, as well as uh, the book fairs, we've, we've been lucky to, um, over the past few years, meet, um, go and do conduct market visits. So uh, 2016, we went to, um, I went to Ma uh, Madrid and Barcelona um, to meet with publishers in their offices there. Um, the press has been to Korea. And then last year, I, as well as the Beijing book fair, we, while we're in Beijing, we take the time to meet publishers in their offices. Um, and then I, I went on to Tokyo afterwards, so I met with publishers there. So as well as, you know, the book fairs, we're, we're trying to um, research as much as we can about the, and continuously taking in as much information about the different markets, the different cultures, the different countries, um, so that we can understand better what the publishers there are looking for. Um, so, and those market visits are just invaluable for us um, as we sort of, gather intel really and and try to better um better tailor our, our approaches to to the different publishers so that's uh, another sort of exciting um part of our job on a year-to-year -year basis yeah, that sounds uh, very exciting and what kind of what kind of titles do you work on at princeton so princeton is a, a an academic 
press. Um, but I would say we have a range of titles from um, what we call acad uh, trade, or academic trade, um, all the way through to monograph um, books. So we, we don't work on journals, we, we're primarily, you know, solely working on, on books. Um, but we, I would say that the titles that we tend to proactively pitch in rights, um, so the ones that feature in our rights guide are the more trade accessible um, titles, those that we, we would say are for the general intelligent reader and the ones that travel the, you know, the, the most global um, in their approach. So, um, but that's not to say we don't, we, we're continuously being approached for our more academic uh, titles and monographs and more specialist titles. And, uh, and, we, and we licensed a huge number of those each year as well. So what would you say, would you say there was a difference between working in academic rights as opposed to trade rights? I think, um, as I say, we, we, we were, we're sort of working on this borderline between um, the trade end of um, our academic books, um, proactively anyway. Um, so, but in terms of, uh, I think the, the, uh, the easier distinction would perhaps be to look at, um, would be, say, for non-fiction titles, um, those tie in so like our approach with our pitches is to tie them in as much as we possibly can to current events um, and to it's our authors are experts who are sort of trying to inform the global conversation so um, that that helps us from a, a sort of sales perspective um, whereas I think uh, perhaps the focus in pitching fiction titles would be more on um, the story um, not speaking from there, but um, that's what I would imagine. Although there are there are publishers who, um, who are more specialist than us, who who do um, uh, medical journals, for example, um, big uh, educational textbooks, and mm. and their approach again would be different to to ours. I think. Eleanor, what skills would you say mm. that you need in order to work in rights in the job yeah. that you do? So yeah, I've been doing this job for about six months and I think the most important thing is to, like, with, I think with, with a lot of jobs in publishing is to be organised because you're getting in a lot of emails um, and being able to manage your inbox and make sure you're responding to all of the things that you need to respond to in a timely way is absolutely invaluable. Um, and as well as that, within rights specifically, I think an attention to detail is also really important um, because every time I get a submission request, I have to look in the author contract to actually check that we do own um, the translation rights and that we're able to license those out. So obviously you really don't want to be <laughs> licensing rights that you don't, like licensing content that you don't have the right to. Um, that's very, very serious legal issues. So um, you do need to, yeah, <laughs> you definitely need to get that right. Um, um, so I think the attention to detail there is really important and also in the record keeping, of course, uh, be, making sure you've got all of the details accurate. So as well as that sort of very granular um, approach and sort of really honing in on the detail, I think you also need to be quite, you know, like quite sociable and quite um, outgoing as well, especially when it comes to, to pitching, because you're, say, during a book fair, I mean, I don't have any experience of this yet myself, but in a book fair, you're meeting you know, perhaps, I don't know, like 50, having 50 meetings a day or something like that. Um, and so to have that stamina and that sort of, I don't know, 
extroverted drive to, to sort of sustain yourself through those three days of very intensive meetings um, is really important and being able to be enthusiastic um, and engaging about your books. So I think you really have to love people um, and really be interested in, you know, the international um, publishing industry and just the international book industry in general but also as well as that having that really close attention to detail and really strong organizational skills as well. Great and Rebecca for people who are wanting to grow their role in rights is there any skills that you would add to what Eleanor has just said? Um, I think uh, Eleanor sort of hit the main points there that form this uh, would form a really strong foundation in rights um, that organisation, uh, um, attention to detail, and, and records that you're keeping, and being able to being able to multitask is definitely a big a big one. Um, and then, as she says, this uh, as well as the sort of the personable skills. It's I would say in, in order to progress that next step further, when you start going to book fairs and preparing for um, a rights guide for a book fair. Um, Set your sort of, your sales skills start to come in, and and when I say sales skills, I I wouldn't say that rights is a particularly. It's not like we're doing a hard sell <laughs> for books. I I never thought that I would want to work in sales per se, but um, it's it's more um, it's a soft sell. It's a conversation about the book, um, and you're trying to fit um, the right book for the right publisher. So you start to develop an instinct and an understanding about what book will work for different editors and different editors lists um, so that you can make genuine um, recommendations to people um, so you start to develop an instinct for what the, the key USPs or the key selling points on other book are and you know that's both about the content about the author what's unique about the argument of this particular book um, or the author's profile have they done media in that particular country before that that's going to help to make this book um, be promoted in um, Germany for example or France um, do you start to develop an instinct on which titles will work for translation and which ones won't and that comes with with experience really. Uh, Rebecca what drew you to working in rights? Um, I think like many people um, Growing up, I don't think I really knew that rights was uh, uh, was a role, was a, an aspect of publishing. Um, everybody, um, you know, looking from the outside in, I, I very much wanted to work in publishing, and I, I thought that I wanted to work in, in editorial. Um, but my first role in publishing was actually um, uh, I, I took a role as a in in an operations department of um, Igloo Books. And within that, I just happened to be placed in the coalitions team. So I was introduced to um, this idea of international publishing and um, I was sort of acting as a liaison between um, the international publishers and our accounts department, our production department, um, uh, the printers in um, uh, the print, the external printers. And while I, I've, um, I wasn't, uh, I didn't enjoy the, the operation side of things so much. I, I really learned a lot from it. Um, but what I really enjoyed was talking to people around the world and, and building up that custom relationship with them. Um, and I think I sort of learned I had skills in that and, and that that was an aspect that, of publishing that I 
um, really enjoyed. And, and so from then, I, um, when I, I, I actually left and I went and did some traveling, and when I came back, that was sort of all tied in together as both my interest in the wider world and traveling um, with um, this idea that I could work, I could actually do a job doing that. Mm. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of where I knew the, the, uh, the direction that I wanted to go in. If you like travel, if you like traveling, it sounds like uh, international rights is is the place to be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about you, Eleanor? What made you choose rights? Yeah. Similarly, I think it's it's one that people don't necessarily think about straight away. You think about editorial, and then afterwards, you might think maybe marketing or publicity. But rights, I really didn't know much about at all. Um, but I do have a background in languages. I did French and Spanish at uni, so that was definitely on my radar. Having like doing a a job where I could use my languages and obviously absolutely adore reading and books and really interested in the book industry so I thought right can I marry these two together in some way um, and actually when I first finished university I went on this course the get into publishing course which is really interesting because it was a just a huge overview of all the different departments um, within publishing and rights was was one of them and so that was really fantastic to actually hear about what rights people do on a day-to-day -day basis um, and sort of hearing the things about like say the, the attention to detail but also the sort of sociable and like um, travel aspect really drew me I thought actually I do have skills in these areas like I do have the language skills um, and I do have that attention to detail I think so um, that was definitely what I wanted to to pursue um, so then when, when this job came up for me it was it was really a no-brainer no <laughs> um, and I'm really enjoying it really enjoying it so far good good that's what we want to hear <laughs> um, so Rebecca what advice would you give to anyone out there who's aspiring to work in rights well I think um, I'm gonna do a, a plug first for the SYP because I also have been I mean, that's how, so I, as I mentioned, I, I went traveling and, and when I came back, I applied to a lot of publishing roles and um, it was actually, it was through the SYP that I got my my um, break back into publishing. I went along to a, a networking event, so I wasn't, I wasn't working in publishing. I um, felt a little bit of a fraud because <laughs> I thought, well, I don't work in publishing, but I'm going to go to this networking event. And, uh, and I actually met a couple of people from Princeton University Press who were there um, as speakers, um, actually talking about publicity and, and um, the publicity department. Um, but they said to me, why don't you come along um, for two weeks um, as, a, as an intern? Um, and so I went, I went along for two weeks and uh, I never left um, the press. <laughs> happen to be in the right place at the right time but I, I think definitely take a chance and um, and go along to SYP events or follow them on Twitter the virtual um, the, the virtual um, events that are going on at the moment and and the, the content that's out there is is really invaluable into giving you an insight into publishing but also different different areas of publishing um, and I through the SYP, I mean, I, I was then got involved in the SYP. I've been on the committee as well, so uh, I'm a definite um, advocate for that. Um, but then, it, for rights in particular, I would say um, read as much as you possibly can about about the global publishing um, industry. So, um, 
if you can subscribe to um, things like the magazines like the Bookseller or, or in the US um, equivalent, the publishing perspectives, um, because they always have news stories about rights and, and the different markets, um, what's, you know, developments in the Spanish market or the Italian market. And so that gives you a really good overview of, of global publishing. Um, because of course it's, it's different in different places um, and then I think the final thing would be to, uh, as we've mentioned we've touched on some of the skills that are really important for rights and and uh, so office skills if you can um, if you've got any um, admin skills they're going to be really really helpful um, to develop to to make your your first step into publishing um, and demonstrate a curiosity in the world, whether that's, um, I mean, I'm talking particularly for translation rights here, of course, like there are different areas of rights which might also attract your attention. You know, audio publishing is something that's booming at the moment and growing and, and there are lots of rights roles which sort of combine translation rights with also working in audio, um, with serial rights, um, English language, reprint rights so you know it, it can be the roles out there can be much broader than just translation but if your if your passion is is translation rights and that's what you what's really um attracting you then just any kind of demonstration that you're curious in the world whether it's like Eleanor says having done languages in the past whether you've been traveling or even if it's just you know you like to read international literature or something in your in your cover letter that's going to show that you have an interest in and what's going on out there in the world. Great advice. And Eleanor, as someone who has recently been through the process of trying to get into their first job in rights, do you have any words of wisdom? Oh gosh, I feel like Rebecca like says it <laughs> says it all to be honest. I know all the things I tried to do on my on my cover letter. Um I think if this is not really rights specific necessarily, but when you're applying for a job in publishing it's really helpful to look at um what kind of you know obviously really knowing the company um, and what kind of books they publish so i suppose applying that to an international rights perspective what you could do uh, most publishers will have a foreign rights page um and so you could find out who the foreign rights team is for example follow them on twitter they probably post stuff about especially around the book fairs about what they've been doing what they've licensed they might even have a dedicated i know some publishers have a dedicated um, writes Twitter page for example um, and so you could follow that and sort of see what they've been licensing and what their international um, translation activity has has been and that's something that can look I think would probably look pretty impressive at an, an interview or in a cover letter um, just sort of understanding which bits of their overall list are the most applicable to translation and then saying why that interests you and why you particularly want to work with those books um, because if you're pitching them obviously you're actively pitching them at book fairs and just in day-to-day -day, um, via email so I think it really helps if you're like uh, passionate about the topic and about the things that you're pitching. Amazing that's definitely something that I would never have thought of so <laughs> it's all virtual now there's so much there's so much online now I think you know even Especially, especially like in this particular moment with obviously with COVID and everyone is moving online. So it's much, it's easier than ever before to be able to access stuff from wherever you are, whether it's podcasts or videos or blog posts or virtual events. I think the more of those you can go to or show interest in, the better really. Yeah, definitely get involved. 
Um, and what would you say is the favourite, your favourite bit of your job? Do you want to go first, Eleanor? Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's tricky because I feel like the, um, the, definitely not having the real book fair for London was a real disappointment because I think that would have been an amazing opportunity. I haven't actually been to a book fair yet and I think that is probably, that's the bit that everyone talks about um, in rights. I think it's the exciting bit we get to mingle with people and meet people from all over the world. Like, that sounds really cool and that's definitely what I'm most excited about um, looking forward. Um, but I think on a kind of day-to-day basis what's really exciting is when we actually get the translated editions of our book in that's a really cool moment and just you know trying to guess which language it is um and then being able to like send them to the to the author like it's just incredible to see um you know see these books being translated into all these languages um and also compared to say i don't know like say marketing or, or publishing or editorial once you've written you know sort of dealt with one book it's sort of onto the next onto the next onto the next but with rights like we license stuff that was published 10 20 30 plus years ago so it's nice to be able to sort of keep almost to keep the book alive um even if it's barely in print in the uk to sort of have it abroad as well is really cool yeah that's um i definitely agree with both of those all of those those points um it is really cool to see the the translated editions when they arrive and and like Ellen says like not only seeing the long life of the book which is really enjoyable but um having the feeling that we're making that book available as broadly as possible um I mean especially with the the books we do at Princeton it it feels it does feel like um the books can make an impact and can make a difference um and and when we can make them available um across the world as broadly as possible that's that's really exciting um yeah and obviously we we touched on like the travel like that that that's definitely a perk that's one of my favorite things but just being able to talk to people from all parts of the world every day like i i really enjoy that and um and i like that my job um encourages me to 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 listen to what's going on in the world and keep in touch with current events and because that it it all has an impact on you know the economies and the societies and the politics of the different countries all have an impact on my job and and i i really find that really interesting and really exciting so um that's those are definitely um that sort of international perspective is is what i i really enjoy um and then when we get to see everybody in person at book fairs, which I hope I hope we will be able to do again next year, um, and uh, and it's sort of those the book fairs are like a, a, a like a condensed intense week of of everything that we usually do during the rest of the year. Um, we get to you know make these connections, speak to people, um, talk about the books, get excited about them, um, uh, make new friends, and and that's definitely what I miss and what I'm very much looking forward to um, hopefully being able to do again next year. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed, yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for joining me and giving us a little bit of a window into um, international rights. I'm sure that everyone will have enjoyed hearing your take on it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SYP podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon.
Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.